0: Oh, there. hi guys sorry about that uh, took me a second to get the old internet hi guys. Uh, Um. so hi everyone uh, so today is actually a fortuitous uh, day for the stream because I've gotten some feedback recently from trusted friends who say that they've think what I'm doing here is interesting, but that I'm not as legible as maybe I need to be uh, for a general audience whose bad, good faith can't be assumed at every level. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Uh, and that I kind of need to reel in a little bit because, you know, bad faith actors can take things said in the heat of a discussion out of context and then, you know, becomes part of the arsenal of weaponry against Chapo and i respect and, and uh love my coworkers very much and i don't want to see them threatened in any way so i'm taking that into consideration and one of the pieces of advice i got which i understood sort of as a a you know as a theoretical point but which was hard to really commit to on the stream because i get excited and kind of fly off is to ground things in specific examples like i think the talk about uh, uh Napoleon, we did yesterday, where we talked about Napoleon and what he did vis-a-vis, um, you know, the Directory and Haiti. <clears throat> I thought that was an, that was good. I feel like I, I made some, uh, uh, I made some good points relatively, and it, and more importantly, it felt like it was in a vocabulary that was communicable across planes of understanding to people in a large enough percentage to be worth pursuing. So I'm keeping that in mind, and. Fortuitously, as I'm getting this feedback, this is also the day when I realize a lot of people are saying, "Matt, what is the grill pill?" Matt, grill pill be? What does this mean? And I've realized now, oh, this is a perfect example. This is a perfect opportunity to take a concrete issue uh, and drill down on it, uh, and at every level, staying a- a- applied to the material focus and not getting spinned off, spun off into into the uh, ideological ideal, uh, realm. So let's talk grill-pilling. Now, I started calling myself grill-pilled a couple months ago, uh, basically as the campaign for Sanders fell apart and as be- the mummified remains of uh, Imperator uh, Joseph Robinette Biden were strapped to a chariot and uh, led through the forum. Uh, and it was my attempt to express my, you know, pretty much instantaneous disenchantment from the uh, Democratic elec- uh, presidential election. Because like, my reasoning in supporting Sanders was that a political campaign of that size and magnitude was the sort of short, basic shortcut through the cultural firmament that we needed to get to a discussion of actual material conditions in this country. And I feel like progress was made on that course. The Bernie Sanders campaign in its proximate goals was yes a failure, but I feel like it progressed the ball down the court. Now, did it progress the ball on the field long enough to be meaningful uh, in in the coming crisis point, wherever that comes? That's a separate question, and that's up to us. But, in the moment, I knew that the danger there, and I could see it happening as soon as Biden became the nominee, is that a lot of people who had that, Halai, Alana, who had that energy and had basically offloaded their sense of political purpose in life onto that campaign uh, and the more and the more actual work they did for the campaign maybe the less like unmoored their uh, emotions regarding it would be like people who were on the campaign volunteered for the campaign because they had put so much of themselves into it I feel like they probably were a little bit more uh, you know reasonable about what was happening but People who were just rooting for it online and investing all their energies in it, and we were basically the cheerleaders. Like that was our job. Like Amber was doing real work, but I know me, I know Felix, I know uh, uh, Will and Virgil. We were we were cheerleaders, and I think like that's good. Like cheerleaders have a purpose. I mean, they 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 improve the morale of your side, and that's not unnecessary. Um, I figure I mean whatever, but. When you have all that energy and it's all at the, stru- at the symbolic level of the presidential campaign and it doesn't relate to your action, uh, the danger is you're going to want to replace that energy at a similar level of abstraction and spectacle. And there's nothing comparable to the presidential race. So I could already feel my, my center of gravity, and I could see it happening to others, pulled towards, let's argue with Biden supporters until the election about why he's not worth b- voting for. And get called Russian bots uh for the next six months and i just saw it all happening i just thought this is that would be an honestly a perverse and monstrous result of the sanders campaign if people who were you know relatively attuned to like the material breakdown of this country basically ignored the biggest crisis it had ever seen in order to invest in owning uh, people who like biden online and i started doing it immediately even as I was grill-pilling. Like, I, I said, I'm grill-pilled. It's not my problem. But that was partially a weapon to be used against Biden supporters to say, you're going to lose now because we're not voting with your guy. Suck it. It was your fault. It was just a way to own them in a different I used, to, I, wa- I was owning them by, winning, by, by my guy winning primaries. But then that, that didn't work anymore. There were no more primaries to win. So now I'm owning guys uh, virtually by reminding them that in the future they're going to be owned. Like, yeah, you owned me now in this primary, but in November, you're going to be owned by me. And that's why I would just post a picture of Robert Downey Sr. from uh, Booyah Unites at every complaining liberal who was talking, already preparing themselves to blame the Bernie bros. I would be like, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. But of course, the fact that I felt compelled to post this at every one I saw, I actually at one point went hunting for Biden supporters to post the guy at obviously I think it's my problem. And I know it's my problem because a Biden presidency very well might be the end of the American political uh, the American political experiment. Uh, like in, ser- in real terms. I mean, by a, Trump, a Trump second term might be too, but both of them are in a real... Uh, I, I could not think of two parties and two people representing two parties less uh, able to deal with the coming uh, situation, whatever it turns out to be. So it's obviously it's my problem, but the psychic cost of being sad that Biden loses, that's not my problem. But obviously, I still have anxiety about what's going to happen because now I needed to post at Biden supporters to own them. And that's when I realized, no, I have to actually take the. And so the grill pill was ironic. You know, you guys know the meme of the guy flipping the burgers and he says, Klansmen, racism, politics. I just want to grill for God's sakes. And of course, that was an ironic reappropriation because there's nothing I care. Not Nobody... Nobody talking about that cares more about what they're talking about than somebody who posts the uh, the grill guy because you're trying to cover up for your, the knowledge that you are in fact mad and red and nude and owned and all those things that you spend your life terrified for other people to find out about. Uh, rushing in with you, my tongue? Okay. Um, and, but it's like, I honestly feel like the quarantine helped sort of break my rhythm obviously and made me sort of have to reassert where I was finding value and where I was finding like enjoyment and I realized that grill pill is really an approach to the internet more than anything the inter- as a as some like as a in general but specifically for younger people who find uh, their politics and hone their politics online and the the essence of grill pill is to log off and grill instead. And the grilling can be whatever it is that's actually in your life that gives you a sense of satisfaction. Because all that energy you were expending, and I was expending, caring about the presidential election, which, like I said, two terrible options. Like I said, ch- things might change if, Bert- if Jesse Ventura runs and gets some, uh, gets, some, uh, uh, gets some gas, gets a little bit of tread in the tire, and things keep getting worse. But barring that, that is a sterile investment. You're not going to get anything out. Anything in your nothing in your life is going to get better by focusing on the presidential election. So grill instead, and by that I mean focus on something in your life that brings meaning to it. But that goes beyond the inter- That goes beyond just caring about the presidential election. It goes broader to caring about politics insofar as your caring about politics is expressed by going online to talk about them to people. And more likely to argue with people about them or to make fun of people about them. And obviously this is hilarious coming from me because I'm one of the Pied Pipers that brought people onto these platforms. Uh, Now I think in retrospect, I feel feel relatively proud of my uh, position because uh, I honestly do feel like Chapo was the opposite of a Bash pipeline. It was a pipeline away from alienated young white men from the, uh, the lure of uh, the genuinely, genuinely uh, transgressive web right. Because when you're alienated and you're online, and one group of people tells you that you're a too stupid piece of shit who should cut your dick off for being a white male, and another group is saying, uh, we're going to make fun of these people who think you suck, your commitments at that point, which aren't very strong because you're just getting online, they harden very quickly. Hello, Blair. Uh, they harden very quickly, and we were an alternative to that. It's like you can still have fun. You can still do jokes. You can. You don't have to be like. Obviously, all those, uh, all those rad libs that people hate. They were getting the same joy out of the internet too, but theirs was in policing. Their joy was in suppressing ideas. They thought they were doing a good thing by, uh, by making other people miserable, those people being the white male cis uh, gamer gators. But of course, for the white male cis gamer gators, their enjoyment come from annoying those people. And that starts as just a desire to antagonize, but over times, it gets rolled up with a bunch of other beliefs because you're in contact with people who are all similarly allied, uh, generally in terms of background and, and uh, racial identification and gender and things like that, and those going to solidify uh, arguments, and that's what happened with arguments within the left and between the left and the the right online. Uh, it was it was this sterile contest, uh, and it continues to be, and it can only be a sterile contest, and. The grill pill idea that I'm coming into understanding is that when you log online to talk about the internet, to pr- express your political opinions, to you, what you're doing basically is you're displacing your material and spiritual uh, uh, alienation from the society you find yourself in uh, and, pr- s- s- and sending it out onto the internet to, to, to get resolved. And everyone has some some percentage of material and uh, spiritual alienation. And they're absolutely inverse to each other. Uh, so, like, the Chapo fan or alt-right uh, neat is a classic example of somebody who's not really materially, is materially, is genuinely materially deprived in that they can't really uh, expect to own a home or start a family, even if they wanted to or, or knew people to do it with. Uh, but they have a home because they live with their parents or something. Um, so they're wildly alienated from the situation, mainly in the force. that so Even though they have free time, way more free time than somebody who works a, lo- a lot of hours, uh, they have ve- all of their free time is alienated from, from, alien- because they are judging themselves and hating themselves for being idle. At some level, they believe themselves to be useless because they've internalized the notion of work as worth. And that uselessness has to get set, pl- set somewhere. And at some level, you identify it as a political problem. If you do, some people, a lot of people don't. Most people don't. I mean, all those people screaming about Jerry Dunk headphones on Facebook have the same alienation in different degrees, and they're expressing it Jerry Dunk for stealing his headphones instead of the president because their relative uh, lack of alienated free time makes them less likely to abstract away their concerns into the political realm. They're more likely to, for them to be concrete. So you have people who have this perfect combination of uh, alienations. They go online and they express their opinions. And they think, i am they have some subconscious idea that by doing that, they will alleviate their suffering in some way. They're not, they don't necessarily think that uh, out loud. And in fact, they might even tell you to your, to their, your face and believe it. Actually, no. Uh, I know I'm not doing anything. I'm nihilist. But they're not. There's no such thing as a nihilist. Uh, the only nihilists are in the, in the graveyard. Uh, they have some sort of belief, and if they're engaging politically, they have a political belief. Even like black pill people who don't say they want politics and thinks that like voting is a c- cope, they are still gaining satisfaction from antagonizing a group of people who are, who in their mind, are political opponents and so that's what go- that's what internet uh political uh uh or uh that's what internet political dialogue t- to be exact is the thing is it's inevitable and in fact necessary first step because that's how change happens in a society uh according to uh or that's how change generally happens uh in the, in in the capitalist modernist context is that you get an overflow of alienated uh Alienated free time among, like, the lower bourgeois in a society, and then that alienated free time gets directed towards the purpose of making the political situation that made them alienated change. The material conditions change, which allows them to reach more people who now are because, say, they all lost their jobs. They're not having, they don't have as much materially, uh, they don't have as much alienated labor time now. They have more alienated free time, and because in addition to that they have less resources because they're getting paid for fewer hours they are more alienated in general and so the, 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 that time that the uh, labor alienated or uh, um, sorry um, the time that the leisure alienated middle class they build up answers they bounce off ideas about what's wrong with the society so when more people are ready to listen they're there to hand it off to them that's basically, like, since, since, the basic, since the French Revolution, that's how social change has moved. Not always in a revolutionary sense, sometimes gradually accommodated by the system, but that's the move. Uh, so this is a necessary first step. It was a necessary first step. The Internet left was inevitable because those were the, that's where the people... They used to stand on street corners and hear guys yell in Hyde Park. Then the economy got more abstracted. Uh, uh, communication and symbols got more abstracted. Uh, they listened to uh, guys on the radio. The, they they uh, uh, wrote. They handed out pamphlets and newspapers. Uh, now they're on the internet, and it's all because they are trying to work out for themselves why they don't feel good, even though their lives are, compared to others, even in their own country, city, neighborhood, okay, materially. The thing is, is that they have nothing productive to do. Because the economy is only based on profit, and it's like, I'm sorry, we have nothing for you to do. You can just hang around. Even though we've created a structure of incentives and values within the society, that means that you basically mean nothing. Uh, and now you just have to sit with meaning nothing. Well, if, if you sit with meaning nothing long enough in front of a computer, you're going to put that out there. Hyde Park in, LL, in London, Speaker's Corner. Um, so that's that was inevitably going to happen. and then. Ideas got refined out of that that's where you had like you know uh, the rose emoji guy you know like that was a type of person who put computer interne- uh, political energy into a computer and then it like affected their behavior. They started going to meetings at dSA maybe they knocked for uh, for bernie uh, and th- and that was them trying to act more closely to their actual physical co- pre- uh, situation because that's what the feedback loop is you start off with a vague sense of alienation you put it out in the world and try to make sense of it other people talk to you about it you refine either through conversation or public media or social media which is the latest stage you refine it into a belief system that convinces you enough to change your behavior now you're ready to knock on doors now you're ready to uh to, to do the the bernie dialer now you're ready to to actually just and you and Guarantee you that everybody who did that felt better about themselves while they were doing it than they did on the computer And now bernie is gone and people don't know where to put the energy Especially since most a lot of them are either Working 80 hours a week at jobs that are, could kill them uh, or kill their family members or They're buttoned up with nowhere to talk to and nowhere to put anything but the internet and so my advice to everybody who's feeling that like dislocation of, okay, now i got to find meaning again. But the thing is now, that thing that gave them their meaning, it's all, been, it's all frozen now. It's all reified. These, these categories are completely uh, fragile. and um, or, I mean, these, these categories are completely... They're fragile in, if they're hit in a certain way, but they're completely fixed. So there's no more dialogue to do. All you can do is bang your head against the wall make other people feel bad and then feel for a second slightly good about making them feel bad and then that and but it'll get worse it'll get less and less effective over time and you'll feel more and more misery and you'll have to put more and more of that misery into the internet and that'll get you less in return the hedonic treadmill you're doomed Um, but the thing is there is still something for you to do You fled to the internet the first time because you didn't know what it was. And now you're going back to the internet. Now, you went to the internet the last time and found it. I know I did, or something closer to it. Now, now going back with the same conditions, nothing's really changed. Everything's been uh, hardened. There's no more growth there. There's only slow decay of your interest in politics like at the end of that hedonic treadmill you are blackpilled because it's like, I don't get anything else out of this I don't get anything else out of caring about politics and the only way you're going to find but the thing is, is that when you hear, get off the internet it's terrifying because you still don't know what to do and so what am I going to do, sit here with my thoughts oh my god, I'm going to go insane well, that is where the grill part comes in I don't mean grill like in the sense necessarily of a, of a Weber or, or, uh, or whatever. I mean, look around you. Find something that you are good at in some combination of talented at, but also willing to keep trying. And what that willing to keep trying is, is the closer something is to you, the easier it is to get you to do it. Like somebody says, hand me a pencil, you don't even think about it somebody says help me move you gotta think about it for a while because physical uh exertion uh physical existence in space time is wearing it wears on you if you uh, are not centered basically and the way you center yourself is do something that you want to do like it's easier to move than it is to help someone move because it's your apartment And it's easier to move than pace and the guy who's getting paid to move you it's harder for him because he's not doing what he wants to do you gotta move it's your place so that is less alienated time um and it's all about getting closer to your actual conditions so you might be terrified that you have nowhere to put all that political energy that That sense of identity you got from being a person with politics that were expressed on the Internet. If I can't express them on the Internet, I don't have these politics. Well, even when you were expressing them on the Internet, you really only had those politics to the degree that you acted on them off the Internet. And so what you do is you take that energy and you essentially have to depoliticize it. You have to recognize it as a drive to be to feel useful to yourself. Not to society, and not to your boss or anything, which is like the micro propaganda version of the need to create to yourself first. And so, find something that is enjoyable to do but takes concentration, and do it. It could be gr- it could be uh, grilling delicious meats, whatever. It could be I saw a guy today; he's building, he's rebuilding a uh, fucking. Uh, a arcade cas- uh, uh, cabinet from the 80s. Uh, whatever it is, it needs to be something that you can, per- you can focus your attention on completely in the here and now and get better at or complete something. Gaming is the opposite of that. Gaming is just more of the internet. Gaming is more uh, offloading your uh, need to be directly addressing your needs that are in front of you into a psychic realm where they could only ever fall down the hedonic treadmill, like your belief in politics did. Uh, now, gaming can be done in the right frame of mind to be uh, useful, to be, you know, practice, but it cannot be, like the fact that gaming existed as a place for people to put their uh, alienation is one of the most counter-revolutionary things about American society, like in broad structure. Just the fact that they're, with the internet and with computers, and with gaming, there's so much place to dump your excess and unexamined alienation that it really undermines your need to address the alienation fundamentally by asking, what do I do? And so you start by focusing on the here and now. And if you still have political views and you still believe in them, then there's, so, then there's a reason you believe in them. And now that you're closer to the bone and you're not purely trying to work back because what, what you're doing by going on the internet to find out what to do next is you're trying to work back from, in symbolic levels back to reality from abstraction. And there's only so far you can go before you're going to get knocked off course by intervening events. In, in this case, the very structure of, of dialogue and uh, c- political communication uh, on the internet. It's going to push you off course you might get there eventually but it's way too inefficient and in the meantime you're just getting older you're getting more alienated you're getting more aware of death you're getting and it's harder and harder to focus the only way to do it is if you're working in both directions that is what creates the signal that brings like you can still throw stuff out there on the internet and like think out loud but only if you have a day to day in your face practice of not even abstract political belief but belief that doing this thing will make me not happy in a distracted way that like masturbation and gaming does but in a genuinely constructive sense that you feel like you are building something now i guess that could be gaming but i would just say most people do not approach gaming that way Uh, i would say that if you get mad gaming you don't approach gaming in a way that would make gaming a construct basically it has to be a thing you can do that doesn't make you upset or that makes you upset in a way that just re- that, that can be re-channeled into the project. Like I've seen too many videos of guys who get their computer turned off and throw the remote into the screen to think that that is a, that is a regulated emotional uh, uh, distribution. So but once again, like you could through if you're if you're true to yourself, basically if you aren't lying about what you want, gaming can be it. And the key there is that if you do something and you don't like it, don't stop doing it. Just stop doing it. And certainly don't try to say like, well, I'll do something else too. And split your attention. Don't do either of those things. Say, why is this upsetting me? Why is this irritating me? What should I do in this moment to make this project, this activity meaningful? And like, you might've been struggling with an issue Related to like, I don't know, learning to play the guitar or, or, or sculpt. And you got frustrated because you weren't willing to push past your confusion. And that's because you didn't need to. There was somewhere else to get your, put your energy into temporarily. But it's always going to grind away. The only thing that's sustaining is focused attention on a project in front of you. Now, while you're doing that, while you're learning what you care about, You're learning what you value and how much you value it and what activities you're going to most easily be able to maintain that sense of being on the beam, of being where you should be, of actually doing what you want to do in a a deeper way than you could ever tell yourself. Uh, That makes it way easier to figure out what to do to express your politics because you're focused on the here and now right in front of you so all of a sudden maybe like a fucking uh, maybe if you really like like people say electoral politics is done fuck Bernie, alright Bernie lost, electoral politics is done, well no. Not, no nothing is done until it's no longer part of the p- political structure you know like po- pol- uh, elections are there people are going to put their energy into them you, just because you say they're irrelevant doesn't mean everyone else is going to agree with you but don't do electoral stuff if doing things like calling people's houses, knocking on doors. If that is too hard for you to find meaning in, don't say, actually, electoralism is bullshit, really. Say, that isn't what I should be doing to make things better. If you do like doing that stuff, if you worked on the Bernie campaign, and that stuff gave you a sense of purpose, and you found that you enjoyed it, time flew fast, it wasn't the scary thing you thought it would be, well, then find a campaign closer to you. Closer to your concerns, closer to your actual, literal, physical area. All politics is local, as old Tip O'Neill said. But, like I said, maybe you don't like electoral politics. Specific, and, and it's like, you might have a theoretical reason you don't like electoral politics, but you also have to examine yourself. How much of your hatred of internal politics, or uh, of, of, of electoral politics, comes from the fact that you don't want to knock on doors? the fact that you don't want to call strangers and talk to them. And if, and if, and if that's it, then you're like, well, I have to reexamine my, my, my priors. If that's not it, though, you still have to reaffirm that by testing theories out in the real world and seeing what brings back to you a sense of purpose. And so while people are, I mean, I'm assuming if you're watching me on Twitch at 6 o'clock in the afternoon, you're probably not an essential worker. Uh, And if you're not, take your time, take this idle time, and be bored for a minute. Don't And don't do two things at once, that's the big one, because the real tip to getting off Twitter is actually, Twitter is actually very easy to get off of, Um, and it's very simple. Don't uh, do anything else. Don't have Twitter scrolling while you're watching a movie. Don't have Twitter open with a bunch of other tabs. Just scroll Twitter. Guess what'll happen? It'll get boring pretty quickly. I mean, they're very short little things. There's very little content to them. How many really great tweets do you read in a day, even? And you'll get bored. And the thing is, is that maybe in the past you hit that boredom, and then you just got mad and decided to troll someone, uh, put a, put some epic memes out there to get people mad. Now you're now you're interested again. Now you have jusance coming back to you from the computer, or you turn the TV on, or you do something else to leaven the sort of deadening monotony of these little dumbass things coming in. So when that happens, try it the next time you're on Twitter. Just focus on Twitter, and when you get bored, ask yourself why. What is it boring about this? And I think you're going to come to realizations yourself about the limitedness of that platform. And of course, the thing is, you would, these are things that you've told yourself a million times. Twitter is a waste of time. Twitter is stupid. Twitter doesn't matter. But you're still on it, so clearly at a deeper level you believe it does matter because it sees, serves a deeper emotional purpose for you. It gives you validity. That, that stuff about it not mattering, that is psychological cover to allow you to be vulnerable there, to be potentially observed in your own state, which is, of course, our nightmare. So that we say to ourselves, it doesn't matter, this is stupid, uh, that's actually a stum." So that we can protect ourselves from the thing we need because we're so vulnerable with the need so if you like ponder twitter after sitting with it sitting with the boredom of it you'll realize oh that stuff i used to mouth about it being a waste of time that's not just bullshit that's literally true in the sense that if i keep doing this i'm just going to keep getting anxious and bored and i'm not going to be able to be uh to leaven that anxiety by expressing it elsewhere with different distractions so you put it down instead of just dis- instead of trying to uh to multitask now now what do you do well what do you want to do what do you really want to do and if the answer is something like what uh uh you know it's like it can be anything i want to eat a bagel go for it but eventually like keep it keep it like that like what do i want to eat a bagel i want to read this book i want to watch a movie don't go for it just do that just do that but of course eventually the alienation is going to creep back in you're going to just the alienation of the fact that your oaf moron game show host rapist president and his incompetent staff of uh, cronies and buffoons have doomed you to an indefinite detention in uh, personal uh, self-imposed jail that's pretty fucked up and he's running for re-election against a senile mummy who promises to do all of the same things but uh, uh, Trump is running on a 9-11's worth of people dying every day until election day and Biden's uh Uh, Amber said this on the show we recorded today it was very funny and uh, and, uh, Biden's uh, Biden's uh, 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 bid uh, what do you call it Uh, Biden's raise of that bid is how about 9-11 every other day that's an that is a horrifying situation an unconscionable situation and so you want to fix it what to do you're going to want to run to the computer don't do it sit with that discomfort sit with that alienation that this world, this country is barreling towards apocalypse no one has any conception of how to stop it at all but people are going to have to be there to pick up the pieces and what are you going to do to make that possible and you're not going to have an answer is the thing you are not going to have an answer and that uncertainty is what used to send you off to the computer it's what sent me off to the computer but if you put, the, if you just say like, if you just basically take that feeling and incorporate it into whatever meaningful task that you have invested your attention in, you will eventually start to realize the political contours of the world around you and what you can do about them in a positive direction. And I can't tell you what that is. And you can't tell you what that is now. You're only going to be able to tell you that yourself that weeks from now, maybe, if you Truly, refuse to give in to the lure of the spectacle of online politics. If you choose to grill, basically. Now, for people who are off of off their uh, who are listening to this, who are actually essential workers, I, I mean, I genuinely am uh, thankful for you. Although, I understand that the real motivation is not, is not some sort of hollow uh, notion of patriotism, which is the same scam we pull on the troops. Uh, it's it's so you don't lose your job. It's so you don't lose your house. it's So you can't eat. You know, someone says grilling costs money. Don't. It, it doesn't have to involve anything. It could be learning to draw. It could be learning to to like to hacky sack. It could be doing slacklining. The content doesn't matter. The content doesn't matter. What what matters is the practice of focusing on what's in front of you. In order to ground your political beliefs and make your action towards them more effective and the more effective it is the more you want to keep doing it and the enemy of all that is just offloading your uh, your your sense of alienation onto the internet letting it dissipate there but then the thing is it all curdles back into more self-loathing it all comes back as self-loathing because you just kind of displace the feeling for a few minutes or a few hours now it's back and now you got to sit with it again well if you're sitting with it and doing nothing that's what i felt for years and years i was absolutely paralyzed because i didn't know what to do with myself because i was thinking at a level of abstraction far removed from my in my actual life i distracted myself from the question of what to do by jacking off by going on the internet by wasting my time like in a literal sense in being miserable for longer than i needed to be and i look back on it and it's like jesus christ isn't alienation just depression? It's a f- facet of depression. It's it, alienation. Depression is uh, is a facet of sp- of that degree of uh, spiritual alienation that comes from uh, your degree of idleness that you do not uh, value. Like leisure, Paul Lafarge talks about this against work. Leisure without without the constructs of a wage-based society is a blessing. But the thing is, we don't have that. We have a little bit of it. You know, the weekend and stuff where you can you can relax and not feel guilty about it but if you're not contributing generally to the economy you're going to feel guilty about it and that guilt turns into uh paralysis and the paralysis leaves you totally focused on what's in front of you like that's the thing depression is like i said only seeing the first foot in front of you but the thing is that's only depression is only seeing the foot it's not invested in where the foot is going and what the foot is doing or the hand or anything you have to invest your surroundings with meaning through action and doing that will make it easier for you to channel that rising anxiety that oh i don't know if i'm going to be able to live in this country for much longer i don't know who's going to be able to live in this country for much longer and connect it to a a useful practice and the thing is how do i know it's useful it's very simple it's useful if it doesn't make you feel bad and when I say that it does, it's not doesn't mean that like negative emotions won't be related to it it means that the negative emotions are external to the practice like if somebody yells at you while knocking on doors that's gonna make you feel bad for a second uh, but that's from someone else uh, if it feel, still makes it feel, feels right for you to knock on the doors it's right and you might say well yeah but you might be you might have reasoned wrong in like what politics to support that's true, too. But you're not going to find out. There, like, the idea that you're going to reason your way to it is a trap that keeps you locked in here. You can't reason your way to it. Reason is part of it, but you reason down while acting up. While, while, while doing things up. And then they meet in the middle at some point. And then you are actually, whoop, you're on the beam. All right. So does that sound legible? Does that sound less leavened with uh, with like translation errors and uh, feedback than previous stuff? I don't know. All right. Good. Thanks. I'll take some questions. What time is it? I don't know how long I've been on here. I kind of get in the zone. Wow. Holy shit. It's been forty-five minutes. <laughs> see (laughs) I literally felt like five minutes because I was completely focused I was completely focused on this task because I think getting this out here is consonant with my political beliefs and I feel like doing this in the moment trying to express this to you guys in this format is the closest thing I can do right now to my political beliefs and you might say oh that's easy for you you're a hotshot podcaster that's true but that's just because I happen to be in a position where I can bring in consonance politics uh, and behavior. Most people, because their jobs aren't political, don't have that level of, uh, of, of like material connection to politics to descend from. And that makes it a harder task. That makes it a harder task, but no more, no less necessary a task, basically. Because people get mad and say, you're in a better situation than you. It's not fair that you're closer to this than I am. And it's like, no, nothing is fair. We're trying to make a fair society. We're trying to make a society where material conditions don't determine your degree of alienation and misery. Uh, but that's only going to happen if we all work towards it, not if we get mad at each other. I w- somebody asked, if, who's better... Uh, uh, cinephiles or bibliophiles I think that's a pretty funny way of putting it Uh, I would say that the distinction between them is the level of abstraction involved in the art that they prefer and that means which like, basically which world it's from. Like the written word in novel form is not really a 21st century uh, American art you can still do it but you know it's like uh, there are still people who perform classical music, and there are people who still perform jazz. They are curios. They're, 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 they're essentially in amber because the social forces that created them have been expended. And that's true of literature. The social forces that created, the bringing together of the idea of literature are gone. Doesn't mean books are gone. Doesn't mean novels are gone. It means that they are, in a certain sense, uh, sterilized. Art film is on its way to being there, honestly. Film is on the cusp of becoming irrelevant, Uh, but it's certainly a more relevant to late 21st century uh, uh, America uh, political economy than the novel. Both of them are worth exploring and useful to the degree that you approach them in good faith, which I would say is the one problem with the cinephile. Because cinema is captured more by lay capitalist discourse... hate to use the word discourse, but it's really it's useful in some ways, sometimes. I hope I didn't lose anybody by saying that awful word. Uh, It means that people, it means that and because it is more capital intensive like film is film is less suffused with individual artistic insight by definition, because more people go into it and that can make things better. Cooperation increases, on some axis, cooperation increases uh, uh, outputs but that capital th- that means that it's now a market product to a greater degree than a novel could be because if there's more capital invested in it which means it has to appeal to more people and the thing is something that appeals to everybody and actually appeal to everybody that's a great work of art but it appeals to them at a lower level at a lower resonance level than something that appeals to a smaller group of people because it's more concentrated and less suffused with capital in its production. They could both be equally good, in you know, like if you were gonna get outside of them and describe them, but it's different because the situation is different because the capital, uh, the capital base for the construction of the art, part of the superstructure, is different. And the problem is is that film is sort of artistically attenuated in that way. It still can bring you to great heights but it's just harder to focus and get to those heights because so much of film is about audience expectations and not expressions of the artist and that's fine if it's part of i guess i would say a balanced diet of artistic endeavors where you're ch- you're reading things you're watching things you're chal- basically what it comes down to is you're challenging yourself like when i said like you say, I say, put the computer down. What should you do? What do you What do you feel like doing? I'm going to read a book. Okay. If it's a turn your mind off book, um, you're going to get bored too, eventually. But the thing is, you also get bored if you read a challenging book for different reasons. At both At both points, you basically have stopped being able to make uh, to make looking at this interesting anymore. In the case of simple stuff, it's because there's really nowhere to dig anymore, and you're just like, you're, it's, it's all just, it's what it is. It's like looking at a, at, a, at a dinette set. Or it's too hard. And when you're reading a book that's difficult and hard to understand, most people close them. Because you're too, because, I mean, before a quarantine, put us all up in here like chickens in a coop, you are too, you were, you, most people were significantly materi- alienated in terms of their labor time, too. Other than like fail sons and neats, like you're fucking too exhausted. Or uh, you're too distracted if you are somebody who spends all day distracting yourself on the internet. Because I know they made it hard for me to read books. What it boils down to is you hit a level of, 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 of legibility and then you just fly off of it, you bounce off of it. I'm saying, Try to understand it, because the thing is, there is something to understand there. There is some truth to be mined from every piece of art, but you have to che- you have to meet it as a, on its own terms, and be willing to keep pushing. If it pushes back, um, and the thing is, is that only really works of concentrated genius push back. Films can push back, but for the most part, they don't, because if they push back, people wouldn't want to, people wouldn't like watching them. Because they're not they're not watching them for that reason. They're watching them for entertainment, which we have horrifyingly split from the craft of, you know, engaging with art in a way that makes our our, our, our understanding of the world whole. We've totally said no. Nope. Because now because of the concentration of capital and the abstraction, uh, uh, and, and you know, the commodification of all discourse, now it has to make money. And so that means films are less likely to fight back. But People don't read because of the internet and because they're tired. They're not going to read a book that challenges them. What they're going to do is watch a movie. And that movie's not going to challenge them. But that's going to create boredom. And they have to deal with that boredom somehow. And the way they deal with it is by investing emotion, their own sense of identity, into the work of art. And that is why people get so mad if you say the movies they like aren't good. That's the real reason. Because at an essential level, when you say someone's stuff that they have invested their identity in, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Better Call Saul, I certainly heard that, you're saying that they're not good people. Like, you are saying that. Because they have invested their personal identity in the film because, there's, because they have to put it somewhere and they're not getting it from the, con- from the text itself because it's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to keep them watching. And keeping them watching means not challenging them. means yes-anding them into an abyss. And that's the problem with Prestige TV. Thank you for someone referencing that. And this is the thing. I didn't really understand my objection to Prestige TV. I knew there was something off with the concept. and I knew it kind of grossed me out, the whole discourse of it. And I wrote an article, and I never really got to the best. And I I talked about this last week, and I still don't think I got to it. And now I feel like I kind of understand greater the degree to which television can't be what Prestige television claims it is. Even the good ones, even Deadwood, I'm going to say it, I'm sorry, even Deadwood even Sopranos, even The Wire, shows I love, have seen multiple times, and think are great. But their greatness is attenuated. The degree to which it can challenge you is attenuated by the profit motive that's locked up in television production, which is more, and it makes sense that TV came after movies, because at every level they get more capitally intensive, art art forms get more capitally intensive, and their artistic uh, input gets attenuated by the input of uh, capital and then and, and, and the way and, and specifically the way the capital operates with it like with a movie you can challenge people a little bit maybe at the end sneak people sneak around and get people because um, because you know you buy the ticket if you don't like the movie you're probably not getting your money back most people don't get a refund if they don't like the movie they get that they're like taking a risk and so you know bad word of mouth hurts it but you could still get a decent chunk. And if a TV show doesn't work that way, people keep to have to keep watching. People have to keep watching. And the thing is, an ideal art project at some point confuses you or bores you, which is just another version of the same feeling, and then you have to push through it. TV has all the incentives of television are in the other direction to bring you in, Challenge you a little bit, but only enough so that you can get it immediately and make yourself feel smart. Ah, oh, see, that's a symbol. That's symbolism. Now I'm smart. I'm a good person. I don't have to read that book that I can't concentrate on because I've destroyed my brain on the Internet. Um, so Prestige TV, once again, if you want to watch it, that's fine. But you should be reading and doing other things too, but people aren't. They're too tired. They're too alienated. TV's right there. The, the episodes keep going as soon as they end. You don't even have to press a button. So we have to invest emotional energy instead to make up for that lack. And so entire, the entire rhetoric of prestige television, which is, of course, reinforced by another subsidiary market, because it created... the, uh, the So you had the cultural product of like better television in forms of Sopranos. It creates its own new market of jobs telling people these shows are actually really good and you should keep watching them. Like, all the remember the the, the golden age of recaps? Nobody was, like, cracking the code at some deep level. They were pointing out the stuff that everyone else saw, and you read along and nod to see, like, I got that, I got that. Once in a while you won't get something, and you're like, oh, I didn't get that. And then you think that the writer is smart, and you're going to keep reading their reviews. But then guess what? But the thing is, the thing they got... The only reason you didn't get it is because you were on your phone and so that's all prestige television and of course because these things are all reproductions of each of they're all reproductions of each other like even if the content is different basically all prestige shows are the sopranos at like a dna level you can say anything you want about the content they are in terms of like, shows like The Sopranos set the standard for what we're looking for, and I'm not talking about quality because that's subjective. I mean tone, I mean look, I mean camera styles. And if you watch any of these shows, the, the way that they have similar uh, general senses of character development, uh, cinematography, and um, editing, it's because they're all copying each other And they're all copying the model of flattering the audience enough to keep them, flattering the audience, giving them a a, a left curve once in a while to just keep them interested enough to keep watching, but not challenge them too hard. That's not a knock on the shows. They can't be any different. They are constrained by the structure and the profit motive and the business model of television. Accept that. And then when these shows leave you wanting more, don't go online to defend your love of them and defend your, the time you spent watching them. Do something else. Read something. Watch something that does challenge you. Like, I realize, like, I for my whole life said, I don't like David Lynch. And the reason is very simple. I watch a David Lynch movie, and at some point it gets confusing and boring, and I stop paying attention. Well, there you go. Because I realized today thinking about The Sopranos and how The Sopranos really is like the model for these shows and how I didn't ever like The Sopranos' uh, use of uh, dream sequences. Uh, And I always thought they were a narrative cheat. You're trying to get inside the head of a character who you otherwise don't know what they're thinking because it's a show and not a book. And and, uh, the dream sequences are basically an attempt to smuggle in the narrative complexity and like reproduction of stream of consciousness that novels do, but through very obvious and empty symbolism that anyone could, that like sub freud level symbolism that anyone could do, uh, and I realized that's true for The Sopranos. That's what those are there for. But you take a guy like Lynch; his whole movies are dream sequences. The difference is, is that the dream sequences in a Soprano show, in a Sopranos episode, are the dreams of Tony Soprano made by a room full of writers to, 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 like, to basically let the audience know certain things about his character as he moves through the progression of the plot. David Lynch movies are also are basically just giant dream sequences, but for the most part, the dreams are his. Now, they're collaborative at every level, but they are more singular than a, than a, and, and have different um, profit motives, because a David Lynch movie doesn't have to make a lot of money. HBO demands that it shows that they spend millions of dollars on are long-term investments. And so it's not snobbery to recognize the material constraints of a certain art form, which is what uh, the prestige TV people, the poptimists in general, say. And all of that optimism is their excess personal emotional investment in this, these limited, these commercially limited art forms that they refuse to reproduce somewhere else by engaging with genuinely challenging art. So that is the answer, I hope, to the question of Bibliophiles versus Cinephiles. Also, uh, I kind of got off on a track talking about the uh, essential Workers being sent out, because they're going to start clapping soon, uh, sent out to their deaths. Uh, If you are one of those people, I I mean solidarity, obviously, uh, to this... Pathetic degree that I can offer any, Uh, and there's a good example. Like I think about all the people out there working jobs, and I think that's disgusting. Here I am talking to my phone, and they're out there risking their lives for minimum wage. What can I do about it? Well, I could go. I could. There's a bunch of things I could do that I know I'm not going to do because they're too scary or just uncomfortable, or 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 more importantly, I don't think they would do any good. Like you could go out there and set yourself on fire. Grand Army Plaza, if you thought it would do any good or, you know, you would totally release your ego and you were a Buddhist monk or something, but as, as long as you still have ego attachment to this planet, you're not going to do something self-destructive or even unpleasant unless you think it's going to do good. And the thing is, all the things I could think of to do to help this horrible situation right now, right now, would not actually help anyone, and so I can't motivate myself to do them out of anything other than guilt. So that's what this is. This is the small thing people can do. The problem is a lot of them use it to replace that feeling, that suppress that feeling completely. Like they do this and then they suppress that feeling. Uh, or they turn it into, you know, watching Maddow or what, putting up a Refugees Welcome Here sign in front of their ho- apartment or whatever. Uh, this has to be the beginning of a practice. And like I said, I am still at the stage where I don't know what mine is partially because i'm living in this frictionless cube world where i'm literally not supposed to leave my house like i'm not supposed to like i think it's technically illegal for me to be out of my home and around other people too much i don't even know at this point um but i do say thank you to you guys and i want to make a, i, I want to make it a world where you don't have to do that and where we don't have to sit here like fucking uh chickens oh shit my friends are. uh But I'm going to have to work towards it. And I have to have faith that my actions day to day will help me know and recognize the moment when it comes. Uh, Alright. Thank you guys. Round of applause for everyone watching. I hope you had a good time. Going to watch this. uh, I'll be back here tomorrow probably around the same time I think. Should be. Uh, So thanks for listening. Uh, this, all those are going to get you uploaded to YouTube. Uh, Chris has a little bit of a backlog because he's got real jobs to do. But if you want to watch any of the ones that are on YouTube, but I've recorded already, they're on Twitch. They're all they're all, um, all <clears throat> archived there for now. So check those out if they're not on YouTube yet. But they'll be on YouTube. And so will this. Bye bye. We love it, don't we, folks? We love it. We love the Twitch. We love to talk on the Twitch. Bye bye.